nine rounds of golf for $90? Yep. The Minnesota Golf Passport is back and available now at garagelogic.com. As a golf passport card holder, you're entitled to nine 18 whole rounds of golf for just one low price of $90. Supplies are limited, so just go to garagelogic.com and type keyword passport. A $300 golf value for just 90 bucks. Now you got it. GarageLogic.com. Keyword Passport. Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 366, April 17th, 2020. The high on this day occurred in 1985 when it hit 85, and 10 degrees was the low in 1875. Quite a popular day for ice outs because we're right in the thick of ice out time. Minnetonka. 1914, Many more over the weekend, many tomorrow and Sunday, but uh, I did not record them. Uh, but by the time we hit Monday, we're, uh, we'll have another batch uh, of these. And, of course, they're brought to you by our friends at Aquaside. They've been keeping your uh, lake, beach, swimming area free of weeds since 1956. And now, from the mayor's office, what the hell was that? the boathouse on the east shore My of mic on, I'm sorry. Lake. It's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production, Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your Flashlight King, Fireworks Commissioner, and Keeper of Common Sense, your Mayor, Joe Souchere. Want the good news first? Yeah. Sure. See, now I... Based on what I was telling you guys off air, I, I now look at this, uh, what I'm about to tell you, in a completely different way. And, and maybe by the end of the show, I'll have some reconciliation. Uh, Governor Tim Walls has issued an executive order that will open up a number of outdoor activities, including golf courses and driving ranges. Uh, in fact, uh, also this is, includes bait shops for live bait, outdoor shooting ranges, public and private park trails, and marina services, among others. It's important for us to stay active and enjoy the outdoors while preventing the spread of COVID-19, Wall said. This measure will allow Minnesotans to take advantage of more opportunities to get outside while still doing their part to keep their neighbors healthy. What will remain closed, though, include campgrounds and dispersed camping, outdoor recreational equipment, retail stores. Why? Why? Stores. Yeah, but let the store practice its own social distancing. Okay, yeah. Recreational recreational equipment rental, charter boats, launches, and guided fishing. Walsh's office said that Minnesotans should continue to take part in outdoor activities close to their primary residence. Staying home helps protect Minnesotans and limits pressure on rural medical facilities and essential supplies. Uh, We're going to have a Friday afternoon briefing today from the governor uh, to discuss his thinking behind these new guidelines. 
House Minority Leader Kurt Doubt, Republican from Crown, Minnesota, said he hopes this is just the first step in the way for other businesses to open in a way that protects the health and safety of employees. Uh, And State Auditor Julie Blaha said Minnesota should be able to take this next step safely, adding how this action affects our data will give us important clues into how to safely reopen Minnesota. Once the effects of loosening restrictions on recreation show up in our data, we will have a clearer picture of how changes in the stay-at-home order impact the course of COVID-19. Does anyone uh, have any clue, because I've read it and I don't really understand it, why have we joined a consortium of states to help us figure out when we're going to open? I've looked for that, and I cannot find an ex explanation there we go explanation and and why were those specific states chosen i I do not understand why and and is it is it is is it as simple as giving the governors of each state some cover oh well we opened because indiana did it's not our fault is it that kind of thing maybe i didn't think about that it is yeah i bet cya yeah yep yep what the hell yep um the what do you make of the uh, the the turn th- these people that are protesting in front of the governor's residence, and are they, uh, they're not practicing their social distancing at all? Rook. Yep. Did you listen to the podcast this week? Uh, I did not yesterday. Well, yesterday we talked about that. Oh. Uh, well, in fact, the Michigan governor basically said that very thing that because she's she's clearly unqualified for the position. And she said, well, those protesters have their right to exercise their opinion, but they're not practicing their, their social distancing. Well, you're not even addressing the reason why they're protesting. Right. Jennifer, Whit- uh, not Jennifer, what's her name? Uh, Whitmer. Uh, is it Jennifer? Gretchen. Gretchen, Gretchen. Whitmer. Gretchen. Uh, is a terrible, terrible hypocrite. Uh, I read today to verify it. Uh, because it was sent to me by Tim. Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer is in favor of abolishing immigration control enforcement, the U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement Service. So while she wants to control every aspect of your life, she believes illegal immigrants should be able to come and go freely in our country. The insanity of this extremist position becomes even more apparent in the age of a pandemic. One of the most important purposes of border enforcement is to keep people with contagious diseases from entering our country surreptitiously. Governor Whitmer is a hypocrite. Yes, she is, and you can, uh, I, I read this, on Republican Governors Organization website. She is in favor of abolishing ICE, and yet she's telling you, that in order to keep you safe, mm-hmm. which is BS, you can't use your outboard motor. Well, she can't have it th- these two ways. She's, she's, uh, she's not to be trusted, I'm afraid. She's also the one, is she not, Such, that uh, has outlawed gardening and grass seeds? So yeah, yeah. you can go into the open box store, but the aisle where the grass seed is is closed off, right? That's her. Never, that's I Michigan. can't guess. That's, that's Michigan. Speaking of, um, speaking of illegals, um, what do we make of those that are getting stimulus checks from the government? Because that's been that that's been a rallying cry for some these past few days. Uh, well, I I'm naturally opposed to that. But I was under the assumption that the only way you're going to get a stimulus check is if you filed taxes for the previous 
for the previous calendar year, correct? Yes, you have to have filed a tax return for the pri- previous year. Or and, 2018. Yeah, and you cannot be uh, listed as a dependent. I guess I guess we would be filing taxes only now for 2019, right? Right, correct. correct. Yeah. 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 So your last one would be 2018, 2018. or 19. Yeah. Well, but, this is only happening in California, the best of my knowledge, that Governor yes. Newsom, yes. who is a Mysterian, wishes to give uh, all illegals 500 bucks. Well... Uh, no. Here's a little something for the effort. Yeah. <laughs> right. And just give us your address so we know where to send the check. Right. <laughs> oh, I didn't think of that. Well, that's the other thing is how are they going to, I mean, where are they going to send it? Do they have a permanent address? Are they in the system already? If you're an illegal, are you in the system already? I, I don't understand how they can track them down. You know, the kid that... Uh Sits at the table with his dad out in Woodbury, a seven-year-old kid, and he's yeah. become quite fluent yeah. in yes. uh, the garage logic lexicon. He uh, he told his dad last night, uh, somebody better tell him it's a leap year, so he needs 366 days to make a year. So I guess only today. <laughs> so today, oh, darn it. So today oh. we hit one year's worth of shows because yeah. this is GL366. Hey, kid, <laughs> I'm gonna, when I see you, I'm going to flick your ear. I hate smart kids. <laughs> no, I was going to say. But Such, that is, he's a GL oh, yeah, already. He really is. He he's really already is. correcting us. He really is. What I was going to say is we better be nice to him. We're all going to be working for him someday. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm detecting a great, well, I guess I'm detecting a great sea change in my thinking. And I have detected that in you as the week has worn on, both on GL here and on Twitter. Well, the, the task I face is blending libertarian thinking with reality. And many GLers who write very well, and they write compelling arguments as to why I have not been skeptical enough, and that they they sense I'm only beginning to pull myself out of that hole that I slipped into. And... The advantage they have over me is that many of the best emails I get pointing out what they consider to be the folly of governors telling us what we can and cannot do is their tremendous grasp of mathematics. They're able to look at these figures and break them down and come up with uh, the stark realization that you know, we're essentially destroying the entire economy for very small percentages of of deaths and illnesses and that most people who get this recover. Uh, that we've been allowed to be led by the nose, uh, that we've been trained to be thoroughly frightened. We've been we've been hectored by a willing news gathering institution that uh, never lets these crises go to waste with their headlines. And so I'm constantly finding myself in the position of, of balancing a, a lot of these great thoughts from GLers with the reality of this uh, still being essentially unknown, uh, the results of this uh, being essentially unknown. I mean, you know, you can let your imagination go and you can see this sweeping across the prairie and killing 500,000 of us. 
But that isn't happening. It's not happening. So I don't even know where to begin with some of these emails. One was so great, we emailed the guy uh, asking him to call us, and he has not responded yet. But isn't the, the very reason that the numbers are low is precisely because we have been practicing socially distancing? Did I say that right? Because the, yeah. pre- the prediction prior to that, uh, when these kids were all on the Florida beaches and not, you know, that was the prediction. That's when they went up saying, oh, we're going to be in big trouble. But then as soon as they got these kids off the beaches and told everybody to stay home, that is when it didn't stop, but it slowed it. It slowed their projections down and, quite a bit. And I, and I sympathize with those that have lost their jobs and have lost income. And I, I, get, I get that, and I get the frustration of the economy slowing significantly down. I get all that. But if, if health professionals I'm, – I'm taking the politicians out of it. If the health professionals are the ones saying, listen, we have to do this or we're going to be screwed, I'm going to listen to them. Yes, but let's put health professionals into context. I believe Fauci and I believe Osterholm. I believe they are exalted in their fields. But uh, a guy in the medical business told me uh, they're like oncologists. You get cancer. They only have one thing in mind. They're going to kill the cancer. They don't care what it does to you. They don't care if it makes you end up looking like you're 90 years old and you're only 30. God bless them. They have one goal in mind, to defeat the cancer. Okay. And, and Which is, okay, I have no fault with that, but that's what they do. Come hell or high water, they're going to kill the cancer. That's what they live for, and, and God bless them. And you could make the same argument about Fauci and Osterholm. They're going to kill this virus. They're going to get to the bottom of it. They're not economists. Their their life's work is devoted to health. Their life's work is devoted to eradicating from the world the plagues of the likes of COVID-19. That's what they do. And because that's what they do, and it seems so powerfully important... We have seen it trump, maybe, lowercase t. We have seen it trump what many people are beginning to point out to me is some common sense and logical solutions. And that we have, we have rolled over to the extent where we're just uh, willingly accepting whatever we've been told. Uh, so far, are we on the right track? Yeah. Yes. All right, let's... This is the guy we tried to reach, and he's not responded. This might answer a lot of questions. I wanted to find out who this fellow is, Jonathan Lindahl. Uh, I wanted to know what he did for a living because I'm finding his words terribly compelling. And it's a long email. You want to hear it? Yes. Sure. I mean, if yeah, if this is pivotal, absolutely. Hi, Joe. 20-plus listener and big fan. I'm not going to be one to sling hyperbole about abandoning the show. I'm assuming I'll be loyal until the very end. However, I am one of the many who are very frustrated and quite perplexed with the perspective you and the crew have taken the past several weeks regarding COVID. I have two main points to hopefully articulate. The first containing several sub-points, specifically critical and perhaps biting. The second, a somewhat more philosophical attempt to connect some dots. This week, you've finally taken a more skeptical view of government overreach, focusing more, though, on the obvious issues in other states such as Michigan. 
I sense you're finally willing to consider some skepticism in regards to the path Governor Walls is leading us down. However, you then often quickly redirect with the vastly oversimplified disclaimer of, we can't ignore the fact that social distancing works. But you can't also ignore these facts. Walls told us on March 25th is in his announcement of the initial two-week order that is that this is not a disease for which we can stop the spread, that we can only hope to slow it and flatten the curve. He told us clearly and pointedly that we needed to shelter tightly for two weeks in order to push the curve both down and out and give the government and healthcare industry time to ramp up necessary infrastructure requirements. That approach seemed reasonable, and I think most Minnesotans understood the objective and appreciated the opportunity to sacrifice in the name of public good. However, then things changed dramatically. Data locally and nationally started to show that all the apocalyptic modeling had been incredibly inaccurate. Only a week and a half into the order, the numbers for Minnesota cases, hospitalization, ICU needs, and mortality were better than Walls could have fathomed possible. And because of the inherent lag time in the data, it was obvious that most social distancing impact on those numbers had come not from the order imposed on March 25th, but from the less stringent public guidelines and restaurant bar restrictions from earlier in March. Consequently, what should have been his message coming out of his two-week order was that we had completed what we needed to do, at least in its most stringent form, and that because the numbers were looking so surprisingly positive, we were now in a position where we could start to smartly and tactically open up segments of the economy. Instead, what does he do? He totally alters his story from two weeks prior. He says that the data shows that distancing is working and thus we simply need to continue as is. He proudly attributes the improved numbers solely to distancing, even though distancing had already been baked into the previous overblown projections. And he stresses his reliance on some internal and uniquely Minnesota model, which apparently doesn't come close to matching any of the other more recently revised models. He warns that even with distancing, his data shows, best case, 6,000 deaths in Minnesota, but upwards of 36,000. And this is right at the time that all other modeling is starting to predict no more than 40,000 to 50,000 deaths nationally. So right now, at a time when most agree that the bulk of the country is at, nearing, or past its peak, Minnesota is at a grand total of 87 deaths, with the median age being 88 years old. And Walls is basing policy off of some data showing that we will still have thousands, if not dozens of thousands of deaths statewide, with our peak still months away. And he has the gall to tell us that now the new criteria for rolling back the restrictions. Something about testing and tracking and waiting for the vaccine because we're smart and caring people doing it the Minnesota way. Totally moving the goalposts with no indication of any reasonable plan for how or when to lessen restrictions that are now destroying far more lives than the virus. So far, so good? Yep. Key points. Key points. Number one. Social distancing works, but we've proven but we've proven we can do it effectively with some semblance of normalcy, and it doesn't require an order. 
A government that encourages proper behavior is far more effective than one that mandates it. Note, please don't let Reavers jump in at this point to say that there are too many idiots out there who won't do it voluntarily. What about the the idiots? The show's show's intelligence quotient takes a sizable hit every time he opens his (laughs) mouth. And right now, now, you guys don't have much in reserve. (laughs) Number two, number two, number two, we have the... We have to fight back against the inertia that was generated by the initial erroneous models. The fear and panic that started to roll downhill because of them appear to be firmly embedded in our national psyche and policymaking. Case in point, we are at 87 deaths in the entire state, and you guys are debating whether or not you'd go to a restaurant when they reopen. Seriously? Number three. The healthcare and disease experts that you keep touting, granted, need to have a very prominent seat at the table, but this is bigger than them. If they had their way, we would shut down society until we kill this thing. There's my uh, oncologist analogy. That's their job. That's their mindset. But this is a matter of balancing priorities and objectives. Government leaders must approach a crisis like this, not just tactically, but with a strategic cost-benefit mindset. Number four. This is a dangerous world. We cannot and should not have the expectations that the government must protect us from everything. As a society, if we wanted to, we could implement drastic changes that would save extensively more lives than what our crippling behavior is accomplishing now versus COVID. We could significantly lower speed limits to save far more lives from traffic deaths. We could ban alcohol to save far more lives from associated deaths from that addiction. We could eliminate fast food or eradicate far more deaths from diabetes and obesity. And every winter and spring, we could institute similar distancing measures to save what's looking like it will be far more lives from the typical influenza season. We could do all of these things, but we don't. Why? Liberty. For better or worse, we make our decisions. We draw our lines in the sand and we decide if we are willing or unwilling to cross them. This corona crisis is no different than those other ones, but for some reason, we seem to be playing by different rules of logic. Number five. And Joe, as you start to move further towards some skepticism on this, you seem to be led by certain pet notions which catch your attention. You argue that there's no harm in golfing. Or who's to tell me that buying a garden tool isn't essential? Or what's the risk in boating? You are picking certain items and rationalizing the relative safety or danger of each, when in reality it should be the principle that matters. What right does government have in shutting any of it down? Especially when it's obvious that we can do this as smart citizens and businesses working voluntarily and responsibly in tandem with government, not under its seemingly illogically selective authority. And finally, to the more philosophical, broader point. From the start, the national response has had politics written all over it, and that should have been immediately obvious to you. Yes, we needed to take this seriously, very seriously, but the mystery loves drama. It thrives off fear and the corresponding notion among far too many that only government and bureaucracy can help us get through times like this. It frustrates the heck out of the left that the combination of economics, commerce, industry, and individualistic thought and energy, not to mention religion and faith, are the driving public forces in the world and that everything else must align around and react to them. 
Their worldview, their instincts come from a different direction, one that desires, relies on, and thrives off collective thought, collective responsibility, and collective control and command. Thankfully, they have to constantly fight this uphill battle against those more natural and prevalent forces of capitalism and individualism. Only two more paragraphs. However, how, excuse me. However, when something like this crisis arises, they see opportunity. Concepts around public health may seem natural and necessary to all in times like this, but to euphorians, it's more than that. It's a chance to grab more power than otherwise possible. This is their sweet spot. It aligns perfectly with their instincts and their character, and they are not going to miss the chance to use it, perhaps even wielding it like a hammer. And they are not going to naturally just set it down when it's over. It may be a conscious thing with many of them, for others, maybe even walls included, if you want to give him that benefit of the doubt. It may just get instinctual. But either way, it's real, and it's palpable, and it's dangerous. The ability for the left to shut down commerce and whimsically decide what segments of our society should continue is not a heavy burden to their politicians and bureaucrats. It's an enticing and thrilling opportunity. So when your listeners complain to you and say, where's the mayor's skepticism on this? It's because you've taught us well over the years. However, now for some reason on this one, even though most of us are able to see the big picture, you've been missing the forest for the trees. This isn't about someone in power deciding whether or not it should be safe for you to buy a rake at the hardware store or to put a motor on your boat. It's about how much liberty we as a society are unilaterally willing to give up for some hazy and uncertain prospect of communal safety. It's about logicians pushing back when we see such craziness take hold. Sincerely, Jonathan, Plymouth, Minnesota. All right, that's going to do it for today's edition of... I think that's a terribly compelling piece it's, of writing. It's a, it's a great. Wow. I, I read it earlier, and it's it's a very good email. Very compelling piece of writing. Yep. So basic. So summarizing, what he's saying is, the left will use this to take great license, and we have to remember that we are still full of common sense and can't get caught up with that. And where I've been hesitant is to accuse uh, Tim Walls of that. Uh, and I'm still hesitant. I I, uh, I, I know Walls uh, a dyed-in-the-wool uh, Democrat, but I've been willing to overlook political affiliations during the last two months. Well, doesn't it just basically boil down to your own personal choice? I mean, if you're if you're comfortable with opening everything back up, you're going to make the personal choice of whether or not you go to a social gathering or whether or not you decide to take your family somewhere. But the point the point the emailer Jonathan was making is that you are not, you don't own that decision. That's right. That decision has been surrendered to the state. There's one fact here that you guys, and as far as if I remember right, um, Jonathan, that's his name, right? He yep. didn't yes. mention the whole goal of this in the first place was to keep hospital beds and emergency rooms open. Yes. And so far we have. Yes. The big worry the big worry is if there's no social distancing, we're gonna overwhelm those institutions and people are gonna be dying in tents. Now we heard early on a month ago, last month, um, and from my uh, sister in law particularly, uh, she she works in a hospital in uh in seattle they were completely overwhelmed and all their beds were full her daughter works in a hospital in idaho same situation all the hospital beds taken so i think 
we have to look at how many hospital beds do we have open and available right now and what should we do about that should should we let the hospitals fill up more or should we stay as we are what do we do isn't that a valid argument of course Uh, i think the emailers but this is why we tried to reach him i would love to have him on the air for all i know he's a uh, school teacher, or for all I know, he's a statistician, or for all I know, he's a lawyer or a doctor. I have no idea who he is. It would have been. I, I wish we could have gotten him to respond. Well, I think his answer. I think his answer to that would have. I, I think he clarified that in his words. He said, uh, "It's up to us to be responsible." Right. Do you care about the stats, the numbers? I have the numbers as of a few seconds ago. Um, from uh, the Minnesota, I don't know what it is, Department of Health or whatever the hell it is, uh, 2,071 confirmed cases, 1,066 recovered, and 111 dead. Now, mm-hmm. I've heard a lot of arguments, Such, that bring up the numbers on the amount of dead, comparing it to, say, smoking, car crashes, pneumonia, et cetera, et cetera. Is that, I'm asking you, is that a valid argument? Since there's only 111 dead and far more people die in car crashes, is that is that an argument? It's a valid argument if you subscribe to the notion that the people must be trusted to defend their liberties more than the government. In other words, he he cited, you know, if we wanted to turn over our communal health to the state, then we'd lower speed limits, we'd ban alcohol and tobacco, we'd ban fast food. But just think back over the last couple of years. That's all been tried. That's yeah. all been tried by the nanny state. Bloomberg yeah. banned big soda. Right. The people in yeah. the salon in St. Paul have banned menthol cigarettes. There's a constant, <laughs> constant fight going on in this country against big fat. Uh, we, there's, there's a faction yeah. of Americans uh, who would have political uh, support to ban fast food. Uh, the other day, someone had a great point. If uh, Gretchen Whitmer in Michigan uh, is going to ban X, Y, and Z, why isn't she roping off the cookie aisle? There's always been these efforts. There's been these right. efforts to ban that which would kill us. And, but what has overcome those efforts? Apparently, the defense of our liberties. I want to interrupt you for just a brief moment, Joe. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan's on the line. Oh, boy. I'd love oh, to talk to him. Abs- great. Great. Hi, Jonathan. Hey, jo- hey Joe. Man, I love your uh, I love your words, and I just read them, and I'm just curious what you do for a living. <laughs> I've actually been a stay at home dad for many years. My uh, my wife's uh, fortunate enough to support the family, and uh, I've just been raising four kids. How old are you? I'm fifty years old. Fifty years old. Are you born and raised in Minnesota? Yeah, I was. I was born and raised on a farm. In northwestern Minnesota. Have you written before? I mean, this um, this this was this was a demonstration of, of really critical thinking. Have you have you exercised this before? Do you write letters to the editor? Uh, do you have an outlet for this kind of thinking? Um, I I do. I enjoy the opportunity when I get kind of stirred by a passion to be able to kind of write like I did did here. Mm-hmm. And I've to- I've toyed with the idea of you know figuring out a way to write professionally and maybe make a little side money, but uh, haven't quite figured that out yet. Prior to being a stay-at-home dad, did you have other callings? Um, 
got my bachelor's degree, got my MBA, and I was in uh, consulting for a few years. Mm-hmm. And then just based on family dynamics, it made sense for me to for me to stay home. So when you uh, when you when you uh, kind of have that sort of uh, kind of life when you're kind of with home at home with kids, you just kind of look for outlets to kind of express yourself and maybe add some value. So I, you know, I had, I had no expectation that, uh, that you would, uh, enjoy the email, but I'm glad you did. I enjoyed it tremendously. And I think a lot of us have questions for you. I have number one question. Uh, there's no re based on your thinking, I shouldn't lower my appreciation for uh, Fausti or Osterholm, is there? No, absolutely not. I, I, and you've, you've intimated at this before over the last couple of weeks, maybe more so with people that have kind of e- emailed you or written you to challenge you in that these people are very important. In fact, I think the, one of the, one of the, Probably the language I used is that they need to have an important seat to the table. I think I stole yes. that from your show. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, you know, and this is just my. I might be. I might be wrong on this. I'm not. I'm not claiming I'm right. But you know, um, and I say it's a, this is a very serious thing. Um, but I, I, I guess I am a little frustrated by how the experts on this are always the medical experts. Whereas this is a very societal thing where I think, just think we need to have a broader perspective on it. And I think that's one of the arguments I was trying to make. It has nothing to do with, 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 with Fauci and the Osterholm and those guys. Um, obviously, they're, obviously they're huge contributors to the discussion, and they, they should be um, you know, listened to and honored. Um, it's just that I think anybody that challenges them gets reprimanded for not listening to the experts. And my point is that there needs to be more experts than just those guys. Let me read you my f- uh, favorite paragraph in your piece. It was uh, key point number five. And you said, and Joe, as you start to move further towards some skepticism on this, you seem to be led by certain pet notions which catch your attention. You argue that there's no harm in golfing or who's to tell me that buying a garden tool isn't essential or what's the risk in boating. You are picking certain items and rationalizing the relative safety or danger of each when in reality it should be the principle that matters. What right does government have in shutting any of it down, especially when it's obvious that we can do this as smart citizens and businesses working voluntarily and responsibly in tandem with government, not under its seemingly illogical selective of authority? What that, what that causes me to ask you is, we must continue to have the government have a role in our lives. There are things the government can get done that we just can't. Well, no, I think that's I think that's obvious. You know, I don't want to I don't want to present myself as some anarchist or no, no, I don't think you, know, you are huge, huge, huge libertarian. But I'm a, I'm a conservative, and I see the proper role for government. And I think government needs to needs to be all over this thing. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I think the I think Walls initially I was I, I like the way Walls was handling this initially. I just I he's moved the goalpost on us, and I think he's I think he's taking. And once again, this is just my humble opinion. I think he's taking. He's proclaiming 
that he's taking the courageous and smart approach. Right. When I'm just saying, I think there needs to be skepticism, and you know, is it is it possible he's taking the easier politically approach? You know. Oh, he, he's certainly taking the popular political approach. There's no doubt, no doubt about that. But I've given him some credit for being open to at least the appeal. Uh, for example, the the example we had the other day, he he had in his initial closings or non-essential workers, the people who put in docks on lakes and put in boat lifts. And then when he received a petition, he weighed that and he changed his mind. But it does place us all in the uncomfortable position of getting permission to lead our lives from him. <laughs> That's what's strange. No, and I, I, you know, you can, you can make, you know, you can make an argument. I'm not there. We have these executive or, orders for a reason. Yep. Um, and you, you can very easily, and I, I might, you know, I, I could probably argue that, and a, a, a huge part of me would agree with it, that, that his, his orders up to a certain point are totally justified. Right. At some point, the societal needs need to take a little bit of, uh, you know, maybe need to chip away at our liberties a little bit. That's that's always the the juggling act that we that that's that's the juggling act of any political perspective, right? Right. Right. You know? um, and it's it's just I think I think it's fair to I think it's fair to challenge. And I think my my bigger point and and what I try to say in my email to you is. We make decisions all the time, whether we think, whether we realize it or, or not, in terms of how, how much are we going to infringe on liberty in order to try to guarantee some sort of safety. Right. And um, I, I just think it's fair to question that in the, in, the, in times like this, especially these last couple of weeks when it's shown that the, the models aren't, aren't, you know, they're not as apocalyptic as we thought they were. Right. Well, I thank you, sir, and uh, and hope you write wait, us wait, again. Wait. Yeah, wait, go ahead, wait, guys. Wait. Yeah, uh, I had a question for you, Jonathan. Um, in regards to, uh, and I asked this before we got you on the line. I asked the Joe and the fellas this: um, Isn't the goal to keep hospital beds open? We heard early on last month that a lot of hospital beds were full on the West Coast, and uh, now we're, of course, hearing it in New York. Uh, and I think we're doing okay here in Minnesota. But shouldn't the goal be to to keep beds available and open so people aren't dying in tents. You know, Kenny, you're asking me like I'm an expert. I'm just a, I'm just a listener. I'm just a listener. I'm just a listener with an opinion that to try to articulate it. I, I yeah, oh. obviously, obviously. Okay. And uh, I, I think just as, just as you guys have kind of stumbled across, I think over the last week or so, we've set ourselves up to be in a very good position. So now let's look at, Let's look at opening things up. And like I said, yeah. I might be wrong. Maybe I'm maybe I'm being too cavalier about this. I I, I just kind of, I look at it as you know I, I look at it. I could get this. I could get it. I could die from it. Yep. Is is, yeah. is my life yeah. worth closing down an economy? No. Is it yeah. is well, it ten yeah. lives? No. Is it a million lives? Yes. But what what is what is what is the yeah. number? What is none what of is us the appropriate number there? None of us know right. the number. None of us can arrive at that number. It's too difficult of a. It's an existential question that we can't possibly answer. No, right. and, think, and when I you think, wrote, I just, think, I just think it's fair to have that. I just without necessarily trying to pin down a number. I think it's fair to have that conversation and not be, and say that we make those decisions all the time, and not be kind of reprimanded as saying you don't you don't care about deaths. Yeah, obviously care about deaths, but right. that's okay. you know. 
Yeah, well, very well put. Hey, uh, it's rookie here, Mr. Mom. Speaking of numbers, are you using 220 or 221 on those electricals? <laughs> don't, Jonathan, don't even respond to him. <laughs> Jonathan, that was an awesome. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I just say I think my knack skills a little bit better than rookies, but not. <laughs> I'm not, not, not going to claim a whole lot. Thanks, Jonathan. Well, that, yeah, great letter, Jonathan. Really good. Okay. Okay. Thank I'm, you. I'm honored. Like I, I'm honored, guys. Like I said, I'm just I'm just a listener with an opinion. So. Yeah, but GLers, GLers are good thinkers, and I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Okay, this has been an honor. Thanks, guys. Uh, thank thank you. you. Say we mentioned the docks and the ice outs. Well, the yes, ice sir. is going out all over this great state of ours, and that can mean only one thing. You got to call Aquaside. Yeah. Get them on board oh. to get your weed, get your weed-free lake ready this summer. I'm having you a rice lake. Yes. Are you eating salad? <laughs> Are you eating salad right going now? On here. You got your, you, you got your aqua weed and your, your. You got your aqua weed. Get rid of it. I'll get it to you. The Aquaside Company. They show up on a submarine. They shoot the stuff. No, I. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> the Aquaside. Aquaside. Uh, uh, pellets? <laughs> pellets. Uh, the pellets. You go in, you can determine. Company. Are they pellets, Rook? Yeah, Aquaside pellets. I you put them right out there, I and all you do, you, you call Aquaside, you say, listen, here's what I got. They say, you need this brand right here. You yeah. spread them, and then yeah. you don't have to worry about it again. That's it. Yep. What what he said, Such. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever you just said. They've been doing that since 1956. They have dozens of products that will help you maintain your lakeshore. They're all completely safe and easy to use. They're not going to destroy the uh, lake. Go to Aquaside.com. Mm-hmm. Get your summer season started off right. Or call them. Or at one, or get in your truck and drive down, or go on the website, or Aquaside. We love you, and I hope you love this because no, they're going to be okay. Shut up, Sid! I'm trying to do an Aquaside commercial. (laughs) Trying. Call one eight hundred. Yeah. 328-9350. 328-9350. They're there to answer your questions. They've seen it all. They've helped hundreds of thousands of lake homeowners get rid of unwanted lake vegetation safely and quickly. Aquaside, the official lake weed removal company of Garage Logic and Spoon Lake. Let's save this as a uh, as a backup spot, Reavers, okay? okay I got to better go get some water. <laughs> And now a man who's on more than he's on, Joe Zuzure. So, GLers, we talked with Adam at DK Mags last week on the GL podcast. We learned a couple of things. We learned, well, business is really good at both the New Brighton location on Old 8 and up at Monticello Pond and Gun. We also learned a thing or two about demographics, who's buying and who's buying what. It turns out, and this is kind of reassuring, a lot of people purchasing the firearms right now are people that once have hunted or done sporting clays at some point in their life, and they're, they've just decided to get back into it, purchase a firearm for either range fun or home defense. Rest assured, the team at DK Mags, they're not only accommodating, but they also, they're going to point or aim you, depending on your firearm purchase, in the right uh, directions. And what I mean here as far as ranges, where to go for practice, what ammo to use, what's cheap, what's good, and most importantly, training. They'll help you find the right training. The crew at DKMags.com and Monticello Gun, uh, Pawn and Gun. 
They're here to help us all, GLers, so if you're considering a firearms purchase or even ammo or accessories, you got to log on to DK Mags, peruse the website, and uh, then stop into the store. Only a few customers coming in at once. Everything is clean and shiny and healthy. They're located right here in Gumption County, a gun shop run by GLers, for GLers, Monticello Pawn and Gun, and DKMags.com. Mr. Joe. Thank you. Uh, you want a couple more emails along these lines? Sure. Sure. Uh, Joe, I assume you saw the front page of the Star Tribune today. This is dated today. Regarding the unemployment figures, the governor and his circle of yes-men have nearly destroyed the state. Like the rest of the political class, he is insulated and will be stubborn to the end. Please use your platform to start the inevitable movement of civil disobedience and call for businesses to open and move forward. I am urging the office of Paul Gazelka to get out there and become a more visible voice, voice of opposition. We have had only cheerleaders for fear and panic since this started, and every single media platform in the state cheers for hiding and cowering and shouts down opposing and often more rational voices. The numbers in no way warrant the actions that have been taken. Thank you, Steve. Uh, okay. Hail the flashlight king. Hey, well, wait a second. You. Wait, 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 wait. Civil disobedience? Yeah, I'm not going to call for that. I'm not yeah, calling for mean, civil disobedience. Yeah, uh, all right, the, the, okay. Well, hail the flashlight king. Hail, hail you. you. I want a little more enthusiasm. Hail uh, the flashlight king. Hail you, <laughs> mother! Hail mother. you, general! Up until now, I have been willing to give Governor Walls the benefit of the doubt on his decision-making on closing things like schools and businesses. He has used the best available data and has shown some willingness to listen to reasonable arguments and change course. He lost me, though, when he joined a pact with six other states to coordinate reopening the economy. This reeks to high heaven of just being a political cover move so he can blame the pact for extended closures. We don't need to lump in with other states. If anything, closures should be broken down on a more granular basis, like the county level. It doesn't make sense for Kuchiching or Douglas counties to be lumped in with Detroit or Chicago. Thanks to you and the crew for staying on the job. Dave from Alexandria, one of the guys. One of the guys. Well, I think Dave is right on. I'm actually looking at a map right now, and... Uh, a lot of these, like he said, Douglas County, one case. Uh, there's certain counties in the state that have zero cases. So I think he's right. County by county is, is the way to go here. Yeah, but I can, I, can, I can read the tea leaves and predict for you what would happen if, say, you opened uh, Crow Wing County. Then everybody floods up to Brainerd and goes to bars and restaurants, and the people in Brainerd are going to say, get the hell out of here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. a good picture. Yeah. Hail the flashlight king. Hail, Hail you. Hail you. I was born just in time to catch the first ever GL radio show in 93. In my 27 years of being a GLer, never ever did I think I would hear my mayor speaking as he did yesterday. When was this dated? This is dated today. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not here to bash you or the crew as I love everything you and all of GL stands for. But these current times have caused even your sharp senses to become a bit dull. You said that all businesses should push back by petitioning the governor to list their business as essential. Talk about a slippery slope. Small business is America, Joe. I would hope that we would never stoop so low as to beg our government to let us provide for our families. Since when does an elected official have the right, even in these times of potentially great peril, to tell me I cannot work to put food on the table for my wife and children? 
uh, GLers don't need a government to tell them who can safely work and who can't. We actually care about people and would never intentionally put others at risk. In my business, truly threat. If my business truly threatened the health or safety of another human, I would take every step necessary, including not working, to ensure this threat was mitigated. All this said, however, the sun is shining, and it's a beautiful day here in rural Gumption County. Looking forward to the opener and pushing back every day. Good luck. We'll need it. Tanner Collette. Uh, P.S. Is the government now taking care of us because the government was taking care of us? What I mean by that is because they took our safety into their hands and shut the economy down, they are now providing us with a check to somehow provide for our basic needs. Troubling times. Mm-mm-mm. Uh, I had another one, too. It was pretty good. And then we'll end that for the day. Uh, Where is it? Uh, Lisa. Hi, Lisa. Oh, shoot. Don't use my name. What's up? What's up? I'm not going to read it. Jennifer? Never mind. Go to the next one. I'm not going (laughs) to. Find another one, though. Find the one from Jan. Well, Eric. I get what you're doing there, yes, Rook. Yeah. Well, I had a really good one, and I can't find it. But then you wrote her name. Can't find oh, it. I put it in with the ads. There over we here. go. Yeah. Uh, the wizard has been revealed. The curtain has been pulled back to expose the wizard for who he really is and what this has been about politics. The East Coast likely will be next. It's Blanc Trump now, politics, and that is what it has been since the start. Uh, review Michigan, Kentucky governors with the threats of jailing doctors uh, or issuing tickets to churchgoers. Uh, Go to churchgoers. Never mind. That's written. I can't understand it. Never mind. I'm not going to write it. Uh, But the guy, the the writer, uh, uh, Carl, did some interesting work on the numbers, and uh, he comes up with numbers that, to him, do not validate the need for a complete shutdown of the state. Got it. Let's continue back to the Minneapolis Salon. The Minneapolis Park and Rec Board will close parkways to cars along Lake Calhoun. I'm not going to say bidet, make a sky in the interest of brevity, okay? Right. You know what... uh, Calhoun. The Minneapolis Park and Recreation Board will close parkways to cars. And I love my native brothers and American sisters. Okay, this has nothing to do with that. This is just BS from the salon. The Minneapolis Park... bidet, make a sky. I don't care what you guys are calling it. Okay. Right Noted. There. Boom! The Woo! Minneapolis Park and Rec Board will close parkways <laughs> to cars along Bidet, Moccascaw, while reopening those along Lake Harriet, so seniors and others at special risk from coronavirus can visit by car during Governor Walz's stay-at-home order. The northbound lane of West Bidet, Moccascaw Parkway between Richfield Road and Lake Street will be closed Monday morning to give pedestrians enough space for social distancing. The southbound lane of East Bidet Makaska Parkway between 36th Street and Lake Street was closed last week. Both the closures will last through May 4. And then it goes on to say, uh, I only bring this up because my cartoon bubble is, it's inevitable that these these uh, parkways around the lakes are going to be closed to the automobile. It's inevitable. The this salon... We'll decree it. This is just their first big baby step, huh? Yeah, but I'm having a cartoon bubble of the driverless electric bus picking up people from the nursing home and giving them their daily treat to drive around the lake. And I'll probably be on the bus with my nose pressed to the window, <laughs> remembering the Can days I... when you could actually drive your own car. Right. Can I bring up one sentence in that uh, regarding Lake, uh, lake Harriet Parkway? 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and you read it. Um, uh, they're going to open a lane so they can provide safe spaces for the elderly whose limited physical mobility and people with compromised autoimmune system who are all at greater risk of contracting this uh, can enjoy the grand rounds from the safety of their automobiles. So when I when I read that initially, when was this a couple of days ago this uh, came out? Oh, it's um, in today's I, Tribune. Oh, well, it, it, you it might have gotten a news re- release. Yeah. Yeah, I got the press release yesterday or the day before. And um, I immediately started wondering if the squirrel chasers are going to start pulling people over to see if you're um, elderly or if you're compromised. Or is that just uh, paranoid thinking on my part? Paranoid thinking on your part, but probably reasonable. The other thing that caught my attention is uh, the salon is admitting that the automobile provides safety. Yep. Mm. Absolutely. The automobile provides safety. Uh, we have a guy in Mumbai, India, uh, Tom Lyman. Remember that? He and his wife sold all their stuff and traveled yeah. the world. Traveling and, the world, yeah. Well, I just I love a guy in India who wants to tell us on this date in history in Minnesota. And uh, the one that caught my eye is, and you guys probably don't remember it. You're too young. But in 1895 on this day, the spiral... Br- <laughs> hey, 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 hey. It's not 1895, I'm asking you to remember. <laughs> it was on this day in 1895 oh. that the Hastings Spiral Bridge opened. Have you ever yeah. seen pictures of it? Yes. Fantastic. And Such was there. <laughs> I was there. I helped cut the ribbon. And That's they, what I feel like right now. They've re- Where's the party? Down in Hastings, it's, today's the anniversary of the Spiral Bridge opening on this day in 1895. And they have a part of that Spiral Bridge. Uh, there's a big, it's that big car show that where they redid the Porkies. The name is escaping me, but it's down yeah, that, s- south. Uh, right, right. They rebuilt that town and that's Or the guy bridge. is a little village rook? Yes. Yeah, somewhere south cool. of Hastings, if yeah. I remember right. Ah, uh, damn yeah. it, I can't Bay, remember that. Bayport? It's not Bayport. Bayport. I'll no, shut up until Bayport. I find out. It's probably closed, though, because <laughs> museums are closed. Yes. Yeah, they only do that for, the, I think, two weekends a year. Or oh, for, cool. But it's it's really cool. There's a big car show, and the, the guy they do a tank, World War II tank reenactment. It's really neat. Do they shoot the tank? Uh, no, the tank rolls down the road. It's a legitimate tank. Gabe got to ride in it. And uh, they use blanks and stuff like that, but they reenact uh, a battlefield. All right, I'm south of Hastings. Hampton, Cannon Falls, Randolph, that area? Yes. Oh, okay. It's on, on 61, if I remember right. Cool. I'm going to find out, though. Yeah, this is kind of tough. This what? is tough. And, and I don't mean it in any way facetiously, but uh, a woman was injured Wednesday when a parks and rec worker in St. Paul attempted to remove the tent she was staying in after he told he, he was told it was yeah. unoccupied. Uh, yeah. we got to look inside those tents. Yeah. yeah. This That's, was near uh, Arlington Hills Community Center at Payne in Maryland. Uh, a parks and rec worker was sent to the rec center to remove an abandoned tent, but he didn't look inside first, and sure enough, uh, they, they scooped it up with a bucket, and uh, oh, the, poor, uh, the poor gal was inside the damn Jeez. thing. Jeez. Uh, and... Uh, uh, 49-year-old woman with significant injuries. Okay. She's in okay condition now. She's in stable condition at Regions Hospital. Wow. Well, I missed the very beginning, so I apologize. She was... Authorities were told about an abandoned, a seemingly abandoned tent 
on the grounds of the Arlington Hills Community Center at Payne in Maryland. Yeah. So a uh, parks and rec worker was dispatched to get rid of the tent, scooped it up, not realizing that there was a gal inside it. He had been told it was unoccupied and apparently didn't look. And the next thing you know, he's scooping up a gal, and that caused her some injury. She's now in stable condition at Regis. Was she living in the damn thing? Yeah, wow. she's a homeless person, oh, in other okay. words. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, wow. yeah. yeah. you got to wow. look out for the... Yeah, you look out. Not, you got to kick it around. Yeah, give it a little kick to see if somebody goes, "Ow!" Then you yeah, know yeah. not to. Well, do I think it. so. I think so. Uh, uh, the uh, Little Log House Pioneer Village. It's just south of Hastings. It's really cool. There's a website, LittleLogHouseShow.com. Cool. Yeah. Uh, do you, can you can you see a portion of the spiral bridge? I'm looking for that right now. Um, and I'm trying to find out when they are open what, this year. Was this a uh, Mikulski family excursion? Uh, yes. Two, well, we went two years in a row. Nice. It's really neat. And, uh, you know, they've got all sorts of stuff there. There's You can get beer and wine and great food. And it's just walking around looking at stuff. Really neat church. So, so by great stuff, you're saying food and liquor. Food, yeah. Food and liquor. <laughs> That's so your I'll stop great there. Stuff great stuff. For you. <laughs> Marvelous. Elsa writes, Joe, I've listened to you since the 90s and recently discovered your podcast to listen to those daily. I'm a registered nurse. And while COVID-19 demands respect, that is uh, your personal protective equipment, I have a big problem with Governor Walls. He demands that everyone be tested, but I am not certain if he is referring to the COVID-19 test to see if you have it or an antibody test. If he is referring to the COVID-19 test, that is only a snapshot of a person's status at that day and time. It's, it is really nothing to base operating the state on. If, the, if it is the antibody test, to me that is a waste of time and money because once again, it is a snapshot for that date and time. Joe, you have lived among the tall buildings too long. I moved to rural Minnesota in 05 after living in the Twin Cities Metro because I met someone who lives south of Albert Lee. Small business is the lifeblood of rural Minnesota, and Governor Walls is destroying this. Oh, there are the drive-by restaurants in Albert Lee, but there are so many more businesses that can't be open per the governor. We have Home Depot and Walmart, but the local garden shops are unable to open. I did not know that. Uh, If the state remains closed, I'm afraid that Albert Lee will become a ghost town or one more place in Minnesota that has houses but no visible signs of a business. In other words, just like downtown St. Paul. I have to say that you have softened your position since COVID-19 came along. You have made it clear that you are afraid of getting sick with it. Have I made it that? Have I been that neurotic about it? Uh, Probably not as much as me. Uh, I know I am. Minnesota being closed down has also affected hospitals. I am concerned that if hospitals cannot get back to their bread and butter patients, elective surgeries, that the next thing that will be coming is government health care. And their reason will be we can take over health care because they are one step from going out of business. This is uh, from rural Minnesota. All right. Thank you. Thank you. You got to eat. That was good. Yeah, you have to eat. You got to eat. We're going to have a grilling weekend, which calls for a, I would imagine multiple runs to Grunhofer's wow. old-fashioned meats in Hugo. I'm going and, this afternoon, Mayor. I'm making okay. the run. Will you get me, the, get me some uh, blue cheese brats? All right, blue cheese oh, brats. Oh, good choice. I'm, yep. I'm marking it down. Rook, you need anything? Uh, let me think. i got to take inventory of what's in my fridge. All right, how about you, Dundum? I'm going to send a text. You I good? want a tray of uh, smoked salmon. All right, I'm make, making a finger food. This is Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats in Hugo, the north end of Hugo, on Highway 61. Open for business. It's the meat capital of the world. Steaks, burgers, 
ribeyes, chicken, salmon, ham, meatloaf, bacon, meatloaf, meatloaf, ready to pop in the oven, 130 different flavors of brats, summer sausage. I have Gross. a question it's for just a fantastic. friend. I have a question for a friend. Just asking for a friend? How many meatloafs is too many to make in one purchase? There's, yeah, like let's oh, say you're making a purchase for a couple of weeks well, or whatever. I mean, come on, it's not toilet paper. Yeah. Be, be reasonable. <laughs> I would say 10 would be about right. Okay, all right. So 10. 10 would be Sewage. about right. Yeah. Huh? Wow. That's 10 days wow. of your own personal holiday of eating and if all by and yourself. If you're worried about social distancing, uh, they'll be glad to. You, know, you can go in there and just point. They'll yeah. put it all together yeah. and bring it to your car for you. Mm-hmm. Probably if you call ahead, too. Yeah, I could give you that number. Uh, but they want people to know they are open, man. They are open for business. You got to eat, and you got to eat meat. That's right. If you want to call ahead, they'll be glad to do it that way there for you. you. 651-426-2800. 651-426-2800. Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats in Hugo. You can't miss it. It's on Highway 61 right at the north end of uh, downtown Hugo. Say, uh, we'll be back shortly, please. Yeah. Okay. Canopy cares as we go through these unprecedented times with COVID-19. At the Canopy Group, we remain open and 100% ready to service our existing clients and to discuss options for new clients. In an effort to keep everyone safe, we have eliminated face-to-face meetings. We have also set up many Canopy employees to work from home in order to generate greater spacing within our office settings. At the Canopy Group, we realize every penny matters. We have encouraged our clients who are feeling financially stressed to contact their mortgage companies, utility providers, auto loan payment centers, and see what payment deferral options they provide. Many do. We also encourage everyone to reach out to the Canopy Group and see if additional savings can be experienced with their home and auto insurance. If you have ever wondered if you are paying too much, now is a good time to find out. On behalf of the Canopy Group, we ask you to be safe during these times and contact the Canopy Group at 800-967-3389 or visit thecanopygroup.com. Hey, Kovo. That was a uh, that was a that was a poorly timed cough for me. I wish I'd waited to we're on the air so I could say perfect help. Perfect help. Perfect help. Perfect help. I I thought when Reavers put me up that you guys were actually on the air. Yeah. And then I heard an f bomb from uh, one of the participants, and I said, "Boy, we're loosening up this podcast." <laughs> <laughs> then I then I figured that it was uh, we're, we're not actually doing that. We're, uh, that was that was a casual conversation. Then Pat was going to volunteer to do a podcast for free if we could swear. <laughs> yeah. right? And you know what it would be called? Racy's bleep f bomb. <laughs> <laughs> The hey, we're opening up golf again. We're opening up golf again. Bait shops, uh, all kinds of stuff. Uh, I think uh, when Wisconsin said they were going to start opening the golf courses, Walls knew how he was going to get beat up because all the Minnesotans would be flocking to Troy Byrne and all the uh, Western Wisconsin golf courses. So he's going to be 
better, uh, he better uh, get going. We had the, I, I have an eyewitness report that we had the uh, protesters at the uh, governor's, was it at the office or no, out, mansion out, or something? Outside, outside his house. Outside his house. Okay. That was yesterday. I don't know what they did today. No, no, they're out there this morning again. Oh. I, I was talking to a guy from St. Paul, and he said he just drove drove past them, and he said some. Uh, there were counter protesters too, and he said one of the uh, counter protesters were uh, screaming, "These people are going to kill us with this stuff." And he said, but when he said it to me. I was in my car, and I, he had his face about two feet from my, about a, a two inches from my face when he said it to him. So he was not practicing socially social distancing when he was protesting against the uh, let's open everything up protesters. So. What would the Patrick Royce theory be on when we should reopen? Joe, there's a lot <laughs> larger brains than mine that have no idea what the bleep's going on here. No idea. I'll tell you one thing. When I picked up my print edition of the Star Trombone yesterday and saw, you know, all that stuff about the lungs, yeah. don't worry about it. There's four or five other organs that can kill you, too. In this right. They can go get those kidneys, too. Don't worry yeah. about it. Don't worry about the lungs. You can die from kidney disease, too. They can shut down, too. That's fine. Plus, there's some no there, there's some anecdotal evidence that suggests that smokers are immune. I don't buy it, uh, but and it, that like, wouldn't help you because you don't know how to smoke. No, but I know one group of people that is immune: Diet Coke fanatics. We're all healthy. We're good. Yep. We're, Diet Coke will kill everything, including this damn thing. You know, that's that's my theory. In fact. I just finished one a moment ago to uh, to kill off a few more germs before yeah. we did this. And I'm George lighting up a heater. <laughs> yeah, right. That's right. That's right. Well, I would be too. Although if I had started smoking when I wanted to smoke, I wouldn't have to worry about this pandemic. I would have been, you know, long gone. But uh, but Joe, I took the plunge last night. Oh yeah. I, I you might have saw it on Twitter. I got rid of the home phone. You got rid of what? Yeah. I the saw home that. phone. Oh, you She's did? Got wow. rid of the, yeah. Now I'm not, uh, you know, there's so many people that have done that. But the first time I had a home phone, I got on a home phone. might have been about 50 or 51. So I was five or six and pulled up. And there was still other people talking on it. We still had party lines. Oh, I remember that. <laughs> And, and the old man finally got a private line because he was an undertaker, you know. Yeah. And if old Bill dropped dead out in Kimbrey or something, and, you know, it was a good idea not to have him laying there for three or four hours while Mabel was on the phone down the street, you know. So sure. we, got, we managed to uh, finagle a, a, a private line. but uh, I told you uh, the... I, yes, go ahead. I told you the story where my... My mother built what she called a grotto in the front yard, uh, and she yes. put a statue of the BVM in there. And then she yeah. also she also uh, put a phone in there. So <laughs> if you were if you were down at the lake, you, you could grab the phone if it was for you. And it, <laughs> what, what happened was that 
people were walking along the path there. In those days, there's a path that went all the way around the lake. and yeah. They would just stop and use the damn phone. So you'd be in the house and pick up the phone, and somebody's talking to their wife. You know what happened to the grotto? One, one night, what happened to the grotto? One night, evil mischief makers came in. Put a oh, noose no. around the thing, uh, t- attached oh. to their boat, and pulled that sucker down. There was rocks <laughs> everywhere. Some hardcore Protestants there. I think oh, so. I think it must have been. Yeah, yeah. They but Pat, I'm going to be a little bit. Con- oh. Methodist. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I'll be concerned then. How is uh, how is Linda going to get a hold of you to to have that extended warranty put on your vehicle? Because I know you miss those uh, calls a lot. <laughs> I get a few of those on the cell phone, too, but that's the reason we did it. When we had the wireless catastrophe, which, you know, certainly there's worse things in this pandemic than losing TV service. Death is the only one, by the way. There's death, and then there's... Then, then losing TV. Death and losing the signal. Yeah. Yes, that's losing... When we came back, we didn't have the, the home phones weren't working, and I never bothered to call up to see what was wrong. And like three days later, we decided, we decided this is peaceful. This is great. We don't mm-hmm. get 38 calls a day saying, uh, yes, sir, we know you're in the 70s. We know you're, there's a good chance you're senile, so I can talk <laughs> you into anything. So uh, quickly rush over oh, to the post office. And send me a check for two thousand, so I won't cut off your social security benefits. Yeah. And uh, you're hoping that I'm dumb enough to do that, but we get twenty five of those calls a day, so it's peaceful around here now. Unfortunately, Reavers tells me my cell phone is going directly to voicemail, and I don't know why. So nobody can actually call me about anything anymore. So. Have you left the house Any. today? Oh yeah. I took the lazy version of a walk today. Oh. I drove oh. down to the park, yep. put the top down on the convertible, and drove real slow. <laughs> <laughs> cruising. That's the Roycey version of a walk. <laughs> you went cruising. Nice. That's nothing, nothing wrong. Right, I was, was going, and nobody's on the road, so you go like 15, you know. Yep. It's beautiful. Like, yeah, I took a three-mile walk today. <laughs> My God. Oh, oh God. That's yeah. perfect. I, I can see well, why I'm you guys go... like this walking stuff. This is great. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm going to go. Uh, I, I think I'm actually going to take a walk, walk. Uh, oh, my God. <laughs> I have a, a recommendation for both of you fellas. I discovered this last night after prompting from uh, Jason Matheson, and I think you'll both enjoy it. And it's nothing like uh, the Tiger King, so don't worry, I'm not steering you wrong. It's a series on Hulu uh, and also on BBC America, uh, and I think AMC, called Killing Eve. Uh, You can get the first two two seasons are on Hulu, and uh, let me tell you, it is uh, unbelievable. Uh, they, they get you right away. Within the first three minutes, you'll be hooked. I see um, the ads for it all the time on BBC America. Yeah, yeah it's, it's starring that girl that always looks like she's about to cry, Sandra Oh. 
Yeah. Uh, and you actually forget that it's Sandra Oh. She does such a great job, and it's very well written, very well acted, and it's wonderful. And all I can tell you is, don't fall in love with any of the characters because it's a spy. <laughs> it's a spy deal. <laughs> yeah, it's a spy deal. So you know something might happen to them. Uh, but it's really good. Yeah. Last night alone, I went all the way up through the fifth of uh, the fifth season. Wow. Pat, yeah, what's that yeah. uplifting movie you recommended the other day? Oh, it's the uh, some about a deer. A, the killing of a sacred deer. Yeah. And all I can tell you is it's not about venison. Right. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. It's uh, there. There's another one that you don't really want to embrace anyone in because uh, 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 you know it's I I, I can't give it away, but it is one of the most depressing movies I've ever watched. Well, then I'm not I, watch I will it. say, did anybody try Breeders on FX yet? No. No, uh, I have not seen Martin, it yet. That Martin Freeman. Rook, you'll love it. It's about, is Rook still there? Yeah, I'm here. I'm listening. It's about uh, raising young children. Really? And... Oh yeah, breeders! I've heard of it. I, that is on yeah. my list, Pat. I have and not contempla- contemplating whether having these two children was the worst decision they ever made. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah I gotta I've heard you, it's really good. It's, it's, at the end of the second episode, the kids are keeping them up all. I'm not giving you this punchline. The kids are keeping them up all night, right? These two brats, the, 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 like Mister uh, Safety comes to this six-year-old kid's school and talks, tell him about fire prevention and convinces the kids that he's going to burn to death you know, if he doesn't do all this. So the kid can't sleep because he's afraid of the fire, and then he's keeping his sister up. And uh, Anyway, a couple of times Martin Freeman goes in and screams at him to shut up, right? And then there's then he finally gets him to sleep, and there's two guys outside drunk at 3 in the morning screaming at each other. And he comes out and screams at these guys, I'm going to kill you. If you two don't shut up, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> and then but, and then he finally puts the two kids in the car and goes, drives off and has them sleep. You know, they fall asleep in the car. And meanwhile, the neighbor, the nosy neighbor, comes over at 7 in the morning and says, I just want to make sure everything's okay over here. Because I heard your husband say he was going to kill two people. And she gets up. The kids aren't there. And she thinks he's killed the kid. Oh, my God. (laughs) You know what this tells me? You know what this tells me? This lockdown's got to end. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I agree. Our standards for something that's acceptable to watch have been way lower. Oh, my God. Yes. Yeah. I mean, anything. You'll love anything. Killing okay, Eve. Anything. You'll love Killing Eve. You'll really like it. Uh, yeah, well, you love killing, killing of the sacred deer, I can guarantee you. So, That's got to be a psychological thriller. Well, let's just say the guy in the family uh, has to make a choice on which member of his family will no longer uh, be on this planet. Huh. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. I'll polish another it's a friend. Real knee slapper. Yeah. And I don't know why I even kept watching it because it was horrible. I know, because uh, you were bored. 
true. I'm telling you, the lockdown's got to end. We're all going to go get the Samer theory. When can we play golf? Saturday or next week? I I don't know why it wouldn't be Saturday. The governor has has a briefing at 2 o'clock today. i got to think it could be Saturday. But it'll be up to the golf courses. Uh, The ground is frozen right now, isn't it? No, 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 no. Really? Ground is thawed. Well, what? It's, it's cold out, Kenny. Well, well, that's not my problem. <laughs> <laughs> I dug a five-foot hole last weekend, and it's thawed. It's it's gone. Forty-six hey. degrees right now. Sixty degrees on Saturday. Yeah, you can play golf by rain, but hey, I gotta tell you one thing. I saw that one when I was talking about Sid and Nick Nick Davis you know, a couple. Month ago or whatever I wrote that gobble about, and Zagoda Jerry Zagoda was uh, was the twins was the twins was the Star Tribune like they had this big outdoor thing they were doing and travel and and he went to uh, uh, Tasmania and then he went to uh, like Antarctica right and Sid started calling him Mister North Pole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I never got A's in geography for the brief period that he went to Maine North High School. (laughs) (laughs) Mr. North Pole. (laughs) That's like Trump thinking Good Friday's Easter is Jesus' birthday. That's right. (laughs) Or Easter's Jesus' birthday. That's right. Well, Patty, I don't know. Uh, one of these days, we'll, we might get back to normal. I don't know. That's right. Well, we won't get back to normal, but, uh, you know, I don't know. I was talking to a friend of mine uh, who used to cover baseball, who shall go nameless, but he, uh, this is like 10, 12 years ago, but he was active in the bar scene later after games, you know? Yeah. And he texted me about something, and I said, be safe, because I know that social distancing was never your strong point late in the evenings on the baseball beat. So, yeah. uh, and he said, that's for sure. <laughs> so, anyway. All right, I sir. When, I don't know when he'll be back to normal either. No. Well, don't watch any more stuff. Go for another Patrick walk. Yeah, take a walk. I will. I will. Goodbye. See you. Goodbye. <laughs> Say, uh. If you're going to do that, you might as well do it in a convertible from Schmelz. Yeah. How about that? Schmelz Countryside, Schmelz Countryside, Volkswagen, Alfa Romeo, and Fiat. They're doing business the safe way. You call ahead, you get your own personal appointment. Schmelz Countryside, multi-generational family-owned business. This is their only store. It's great. It's where I buy my stuff. I've been sending people there. I know a guy who's bought a car since we started these ads. I know two others, in fact. It's on the southeast quadrant of Highway 36 and 61 in Maplewood. And three great websites that take in all the automobiles of the dealership. Schmelz vw.com and uh, check out the new Volkswagen Atlas Cross Sport now available. Uh, VW's new SUV, marvelous. Uh, Schmelzfiat.com get one of those 124 spiders put the top down, take a Patrick walk. Uh, and <laughs> SchmelzAlphaRomeo.com what you do is call. You'll be the only one in the sales room. It's on sales appointment only. That way there's no browsing or kicking tires. Everybody stays, stays safe. Call 651-243-4316. 651-243-4316. 
Uh, and the uh, updated hours operation are Monday through Friday, 8.30 to 5, and Saturday, 9 a.m. to 2. You will be entirely thrilled when you start looking at the window stickers on Alfa Romeo's Volkswagen's and Fiat's, not to mention you'll be entirely thrilled at the gas mileage also. Uh, we'll be back, man. It's Scramble Friday. Woo! Hello again, this is Mike Fratelloni from Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores. Fratelloni's is open every day till 6 p.m., seven days a week. Please come on in. We are practicing ultra no-touch social distance customer service. You're going to come in and we're going to say, hey, what can we help you find from 10 feet away? We're not going to touch you. You're not going to touch us. We're constantly cleaning our stores. We're really trying to be as safe for our employees and as safe for our customers as we possibly can. So be aware that our customer service is going to be a little different. Stop on at Fratelloni's right now. Come on in. Social distance customer service. Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores. Brought to us by our friends at Elevated Beer, Wine, and Spirits. Boys, uh, I'm going to put in an online order because right now I'm inside the 694-494 loop. Do it. So I can get it shipped right here to Hubbard Broadcasting. What do you think of that? I think that's fantastic. Elevated.shop. You can place your order. And guess what? They're doing it through Postmates. So it's just a flat fee right now of $5.99. And as we experienced last week, you will get that order within one hour. It's not, you know, next day or three days from now, like some of the bigger stores. You'll get that order today, most likely within one hour. Elevated.shop. Rook, you well, did, You had the Deschutes last week, right? I did, yeah, there are none left, by the way. Got it. Um, my, uh, what, el- what else did you have, Matthew? Well, we split your Guinness, so you're, you're taking Yeah, your care Guinness of. was very dark and yep. very, very delicious. Uh, right. their, um, what do you, their theme should be, get looped in the loop. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one for those guys. All right. So, yeah, place your order online, elevated.shop. They are huge fans of Garage Logic, and a lot of GLers have already taken advantage of that home delivery service, and uh, they're very thankful to be a part of the GL podcast. And also, all of the prices that are in the store are what you're going to get when you shop online. They don't upcharge just because of delivery. Um, that's just the way that they do things. They own the best bottle shops in the Twin Cities, in South Minneapolis at Hiawatha and 42nd, and in White Bear Lake at the corner of Highway 61 and 4th Street, Mr. Mayor. Two concluding notes. Scott Matura out in Montana. Sure. Said driving home yesterday, Thursday, listening to the podcast and all this COVID doom and gloom when I looked out towards the Bridgers and the valley I live in and decided the whole gang needed a breath of fresh air. Pushing back on a crisp Montana afternoon, he sent a beautiful picture of the mountains in the distance. Oh, man. And uh, Sean wants us to know, writing to tell you and to inform GLers that docks are getting stolen in Candy, Ohio, and Swift County. Really? My uncle's neighbor wow. at Green my uncle's neighbor at Green Lake you're gonna freak at this, Kenny. My uncle's neighbor at Green Lake had his dock stolen in broad daylight and my father in law at Artichoke Lake in Swift County got home tonight and his dock was gone. Stolen right off the yard. I suppose people loading a dock in daylight hours who look like they know what they're doing doesn't draw suspicion. 
I imagine people should just get pics of people in vehicles if they see anything, but not confront. Interested to know what you GL cops think. Pay attention, Sean in Swift County. Mm. I suppose once the dock order was lifted, guys go out and take a dock, and it looks like nobody's going inter- to interfere with them. God, wow. No kidding. Isn't that something? That's bold, man. That's bold. That, yeah, that's bold. That falls that's bold. under uh, homeowner's insurance, doesn't it? Replacement I, value? I, I would think so. Have I, I have never had to insure a dock. I have no idea. Did go, I ever tell you guys that story about it. that happening to me, by the way? You got your dock stolen? Well, somewhat. I, I was working for a, a, a health club, and uh, I was one of those newly training night managers. And, Is this going to be a long story? Uh, and what happened was there was a guy that came That's in. That's my line, Kenny. There was a guy that came in. He had the work suit <laughs> on. He had the tool bucket. He had the whole nine yards. He said, I'm here to fix the ATM. And I said, yeah. oh, oh, okay. It's, you know, it's right over there. Oh, no. About an hour and a half later, a member came and said, hey, where's your ATM? I went, oh, no. The You're guy, kidding. The guy, the guy came in, put it on a two-wheel cart, and wheeled it right out of there. All for Pete's sake. <laughs> I yeah, i got to bring it into oil or up in for repairs. I'll have her back on Monday. Jeez. Yeah. That's amazing. That's, yeah. That's brilliant. How would you uh, even Matthew? get how would you even access the machine? Well, it wasn't a big one. This was, you know, fifteen oh, years okay. ago and it wasn't very big. It was one of those that just sat in the corner. Wow. Yeah. That's why I ain't got the plastic card. Holy crap. What? <laughs> this gives th- me a good idea. No. no. Right, yep. <laughs> just what do you need? Just a you little jumpsuit, white jumpsuit, a couple of screwdrivers, uh, and a tool name, bag. Na- name, name tag, a truck, and a yep. ramp. Uh, and, a, and a dolly. <laughs> Me and my good buddy put up a dock one year, and the uh, owner came home and looked at it and had it completely torn down and hired somebody that knew what they were doing. <laughs> was she a the thing crooked? zigzagged like a... Z- <laughs> Honest to God. We went it custom. was an obstacle course. We went custom this year on your, on your dock. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you, GLers. Uh, stay safe. I think we all will be. We're, we're trying. I hope yeah, you don't have to say trying. goodbye to Grandma through a window. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's really be... sad. Those stories are just so yeah. compelling. Yeah. Hey, uh, don't forget. Oh, yeah. Next Thursday is going to be the Zoom Socially Distant Scramble with all of us here in GL. And all you have to do is listen to the show via Pod MN, and winners will be selected next Wednesday starting at noon. Uh, just so with a TV, right? It's yeah, on TV. Yeah, we'll get you a TV. We're going to wheel it on in there. Also, I got no shot at this. Uh, this might be worth tuning into. Uh, next week, I am going to start uh, via the table talk with Rookie's family. Uh, it's going to be a Rookie solo. I don't know how long it's going to be. I don't know what the content's going to be. Can we call in? I'm going to do it from my house. Nice. And uh, we'll just see what happens. So watch for that. I'll I'll, I'll let it be known. Well, you got to have a theme. Nah. <laughs> F it. We're going F it. This is what I wanted to do. All right.